1: Hello and welcome to the AliCast. So today it's a podcast with a bit of a difference. I'm not doing the interviewing. I am being interviewed. So Ian Paul uh, has been interviewed on the podcast before and he contacted me this week to ask if he could interview me as regards my journey into the spine race, uh, my journey into ultras in general um, and a couple of other things. So we had a really, really great chat. Ian did a great interview. Um, and it was nice being on the other side of the uh, of the fence and uh, and being interviewed by somebody. Um, so I'm not going to steal this number too much. I'm going to hand straight over to what we recorded, uh, and I'll see you on the other side.
0: how you doing?
1: I'm good mate, I'm really good.
0: Good stuff mate, and you're all recovered and uh, up and running? and
1: Yeah, yeah. so I've been out for a couple of runs this week, bike rides and things, uh, taking it a bit easy, because um, Trident's coming up sort of the week end after this, so yeah. I'm just, so I'm just trying, to, trying to keep myself moving but not trying to do too much, which I think you know, we'll go into that later, but that's sort of been right. the key to a lot of the training. You touched
0: on the bike there, and I, I, we spoke just over a year ago, and we were both from a cycling background. Could you just very briefly, for our, our loyal following, just remind me how you got from bike to tabbing to running to ultras? Because yeah. it's it's a, it's a proper straight line. Keep going. Uh, how so? F- between then and now, how, how's that gone for you?
1: So yeah, so um, I came out the forces back in 2001, um, and this this is going to be a long story, but here we go. Um, Came out the forces in 2001 and sort of bounced around a bit, didn't really know what to do, Um, job to job, things like that, and didn't really sort of um, concentrate on the fitness. Um, Mm. It was something that had been in in force for the past 10 years, and now I didn't have to do it, and that was great. Um, So yeah, I didn't even think about it really, and I didn't even think about how your mental and physical health are so deeply sort of intertwined like i said we'll probably cover that later on but yeah i ended up discovering the bike to work scheme um, when i worked for a large german supermarket shall we say um and i bought myself a um a 400 pound trek hybrid bike which i knew absolutely nothing about bikes so i got this bike and i thought this is the most i've ever spent on a bike because usually it's been 50 quid here from Tesco's or whatever. And, and I've just bought a bike like that. And I thought, I have got the most elite bike now because I spent 400 to quid. I thought I was it, right? <laughs> so um I thought, what could I do? So th- there's a local bike ride around here, the Liverpool to Chester, which is a 50 mile bike ride. And I'd done that a couple of times before, just as a bit of a fun ride. um And I thought, great, I'll, I'll sign up for that. But that year they brought in a 100 mile option, um mm. which was a little bit further. And I thought, well, now as I've got this elite bike, I'm going to go oh, for the 100-mile yeah. option. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I signed up for that, um, and it was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life because it was a big, heavy, hybrid bike mm. with big, thick tyres on it. And I remember about 80 miles in, pulling up at some traffic lights, and these two roadies pulled up at the side of me with the numbers on. They were like, which route are you doing, mate? And I was like, the 100, and they looked, both looked at me, and they went, on that? and I went went, yep and he went fair play mate and then they shot off and then I struggled off and I finished it but I realized then that you know there was there was different types of bikes for for different types of things so anyway um yeah year later got another bike got a road bike um and basically fell in love with road bike and realized I'd get quite far on it Mm -hmm. um and then did a few what you would might call then ultra ultra challenges, whereby a friend of mine had said he'd he'd cycle coast to coast in, in a couple of days, and I thought, mm. well, looking at that distance, that looks like something you could do in a day. So I did mm. that a couple of times in a day, um, yeah, and and totally sort of fell in love with with just long distance being on your own bike riding, yeah, um, and then um, twenty what was it twenty sixteen um, did the coast to coast again along Hadrian's Wall route, finished it. Got to Newcastle um, and put the bike in my hotel room um, and shot straight off to Weatherspoons on the quayside. I had quite a few pints, um, had a veggie burger and, and chips uh, and went back to my hotel room. And it was red hot that day. Got home on a train the next day, felt rotten, but thought I've just cycled 140 miles. Of course, I'm going to feel rotten. Um, and basically within sort of two weeks of that, I was in hospital with blood clots in my heart and lungs and just completely knackered. Um and it was at that point really that the doctor said to me, Look, you're you're never you're never gonna do that sort of hundred mile bike ride again, mate, because you've got such massive scarring on your lungs, you need to take it easy, find a new normal and, and crack on and just do that, which didn't sort of sit very well with me. But I um I believe what they say because the doctors, so I went home and then just sunk yeah. into massive de- depression really for the next sort of month or so. Went out, bought myself a games console because I thought this is what I'll do now. Spent, <laughs> well, that's it. That counts as. Well, it? Spent twenty minutes on this games console that I got off eBay and thought this cannot be my life and put it back on eBay. Um, and the day after that, I thought, well, I'm going to go out and just do see see if I can run, see what I can do, see how far I get. Um, and I ran, well, I didn't run actually. I, I probably covered about a mile and I walked and I ran, and I walk, and I ran, and I came back and was absolutely knackered, and to this day now, that is the best run I've ever had in my life because I I realised that on that day, do you know what? This is day one, and I can do that. What can I do if I carry on? So, yeah, so, sort of a very long answer there, but that's how I got into running as such, and then from there, it sort of developed in that I I did. um, After that day one, I thought, right, I need a challenge. Manchester Marathon's um, six months away. I'll sign up for that blackpool marathons three months away i'll sign up for that and let's let's work my way through and did them and um, i'd actually done a half marathon a few years before uh, mm-hmm. which was the anglesey um, the anglesey half and it had taken me about two and a half hours to finish that um mm-hmm. and then i'd signed up for this blackpool marathon which was six months after i got out of hospital and um, determined to beat that time yeah. Um, and crossed the finish line in one hour and 52 minutes. Uh,
0: and I had a... Ca- did, did you, at any stage, did you have any doubt that you were going to, A, six months after being in hospital, you were going to finish it, and that you were going to smash your previous time?
1: Once once I got to the point where I was doing that half marathon, I knew I was going to finish it. I didn't know what time I was going to finish it. You know, I had a target, but I thought, you know, I'm fit enough to do this, now I can do it. And that might have been my limit. I might have got to the end of that half marathon, I thought, do you know what? I, that I can't do anymore, or tried mm. to up my mind to train for a marathon and then not been able to do that. But the fact that I could run a half marathon, I thought, if that's all I can ever do for the rest of my life, great, I'll, I'll do I'll, that. I'll do it and just keep doing it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, from there, I did train for the marathon, completed the marathon, um, found out that my consultants at the time had done the same marathon. And I was having a, a meeting with him a week after the marathon and sat down with him. And he was like, Are you doing anything? Uh, fitness wise I, well. I, said, I said I ran the Manchester marathon last week and he went oh brilliant what time did you get and I said I think I got four four hours 25 I said what did you get and he went five hours and he just sat there he, he, he looked at me and he went I'm going to sign your office fit and you don't need to come and see me again <laughs> And that was, that was the last time I saw him
0: that's sometimes I mean I've had a reasonably similar experience with the health service blood clocks you get mm. told a story it might or might not be truth it might or might not be what they want you to hear but until yep. you actually disprove mm-hmm. what they're saying you're you kind of stuck you have to prove it to yourself yeah i mean i was really bothered about proving to them actually you're wrong it was yep. all about this for myself actually yeah, yeah. you can redevelop your lungs to, I mean, to the degree that um you've done and to a lesser degree that i've done as well so.
1: yeah i mean you know the, the guy said to me at the time he said look you know he said, we've got to be over hesitant. We, you know, and many people don't do what you've done. He said, but there is evidence out there that if you are going to push yourself and you're pushing that oxygen through your lungs, the scarring ain't going to go away, but your lungs are going to find a way. Um, so, it, so I've still got that scarring. It's still there, but the lungs have, you know, you, your body's an amazing thing, isn't it? And it will it will find a way to sort of yeah. keep you going.
0: So you're a marathon runner, um, and, and then you and I met on the fan a couple of years ago. Yeah. Sort
1: of another step, um <clears throat> and then ultras. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, the fan dance was two months after the Manchester Marathon and halfway through the training for the Manchester Marathon. Never heard of the fan dance, but there was a little. There was a similar to what we'll probably talk about with the spine race. There was a little spark about the fan dance because I remember watching um with my dad uh, when I was probably a teenager. Sat down watching a documentary that was on in the early '80s called the Paris. Um, oh, yes, yes, yeah. yep. and I remember seeing them shooting across the Brecon Beacons and thinking to myself, wow, these guys are superhuman. And that that memory of that was always there. And a, a very I, I was looking for something more than a, a uh, more than a marathon, but at that time I'd never even heard of Ultras. And then I was just searching for races and it came up, Britain's toughest race on YouTube, the fan dance race. And when I realized what it was, I signed up there and then <laughs> Yeah, sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah, I thought, right, well, in July, I'm going to go do that. And then, then, you know, the hardest bit of me signing up for any of these big challenges I've found now is explaining to my wife, (laughs) <laughs> what i've just done because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I sort of easy it in and go yeah i just signed up for this race called the fan dance and she'll go oh that's lovely yeah great and then you know she'll start to question me about what things are then and that's the difficult part but that's got a bit easier now because she's yeah well yeah
0: well you just have to if you can explain the way getting new bikes and stuff yeah, you yeah, yeah. Easy, that's then, it. then you'll you'll be you'll be lucky we'll get on to new bike day uh later on <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I've had one
1: fairly recently You've yeah. Got that in, yeah so yeah so that was it really so yeah did the fan dance and you know met a lot of people from um f- from the fan dance uh, i met um i met a guy in the car park before i started the fan dance he was like you know oh, this your first one great yeah um have you read of a group called gone tabbing no no never heard of it in my life have a look so I did the fan dance and then had a look on you know, I, I had a look at Tabbing when I finished and, and, and the rest's history, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think there was only I think at that time when I, I joined Gon Tabbing, the, the membership of it was below sort of three hundred. It was a real uh-huh. sort of, real sort of small group. But you know, it's um you know, Gauntabin hasn't changed from uh-huh. that small community to what it is now, it's still exactly the same.
0: So I think mean, yeah. I crept into Gontabbing in the nine hundreds, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I keep suggesting to the boss that we should get caps with our numbers on them, like what the cricketers do. It's a good idea. But, uh, uh, alphabetically to 920, and yeah. then after that, well, after me, no one cares, once yeah. I made it. <laughs> um, so, obviously, we'll, we might touch on the fan later, because I know you've got Trident rempli- coming up. Yeah. But the spine and what else was the because I know you, you've... Yeah, yeah and then you've done a couple of mine have all been cancelled for the last couple of years ultras in general did you just same again you just discovered that well there's actually these nutters that run even further than 26.2 so um that's the all the carrot you need is it
1: yeah i mean the first the first time i discovered ultras was when i was doing my running training after the fan dance um first of all i was listening to music I can't listen to music when I run; it just it just drives me mad. I, it, I can't do it. Um, but I started listening to audiobooks books and podcasts, and I came across a podcast of a guy called Rich Roll. Now, for for those guys, yeah, yeah well,
0: we're, those, we're, well, let me just take the Rich Roll section out of my notes, man. <laughs> but, for, <laughs> but, but,
1: but for those guys who, who don't know, Rich Roll is basically. Um, similar sort of story really in that he, he sort of bumbled along through his life he was a he was a, a lawyer and um, been a swimmer in school then became an alcoholic and um, taking various illegal substances and then couldn't climb the stairs when he was in his 40s one day and wanted to change his life and he's now a plant-based ultra athlete and I thought like, oh and, and it was reading that book actually um, because his first book was called Finding Ultra um, and I read that book and sort of reading reading what he'd done and where he'd come from I thought this is a sport that's accessible to everybody um as long as you put put the time in Um, and yeah that was that was where my my obsession really started then but it took a while for me to sign up for an ultra after that Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. it's a proper read I'm not going to go through endorsing books and products and what have you but I've I've done that in the last couple of years I discovered Rich Roll and Mm -hmm. uh water reed that is it's a yeah. cracking yeah. brilliant so, um,
1: yeah that's not an
0: official endorsement obviously but uh <laughs> no it's well worth
1: a look it is yeah
0: um yeah and the spine as well in particular i know you've got a real passion for the, the penine way i
1: have yeah um and again similar to looking at the fan dance and you know seeing that on the Paris back in 2015 I remember there was a, a bbc magazine program i think it might have been it's a bit like the one show and it was called the inside out um, and if you search on youtube you'll find this actually and um, just came across it one night i think my wife was working might have been working nights at the time um, and i could watch what i wanted on the telly um so i was watching this program inside out and it was like a report on the spine race and i was like what? what's this so i was watching that and it was these nutcases going through the snow near enough half the length of the country um and i saw that and i thought wow that is that that is some challenge but again i, I looked at that and i thought these people are superhuman there's no way that i could do something like that um and it, it's only until you start to speak to people who've done it really that you think and you know them and you know that they've got real lives and they've got wives and they've got you know they've got jobs because yeah you know, if you look at something like the spine race i think as as a as an outsider initially that you would have to just constantly train for that race that you've got to run
0: the impression is you'd have to be a full-time pro yeah on the circuit whatever that means yeah
1: yeah and and that you're running 100 mile weeks and that you're going out every weekend and you're running 30 40 miles or have you and and i fell into that trap really with my first ultra my training's completely changed now as regards how to train for ultras that you've got to go out and do 20 miles on a sunday and 40 miles on a saturday or, or whatever that you've got to do that, um, and it's not the case. Um, so yeah, so I, I, there was a bit of a, a, a spark there as regards that. And I did my, my first ultra a couple of years ago, which the, was the Brecon to Cardiff, which is a real good beginner's ultra. Don't, don't all the way. Do you know what? It, it, it's it's. it's <laughs> I uh, just thought we've had that in. when your feet. It's not it's not far off, you know, because it, it's pretty much you go along a canal path, fairly flat at the start, and um, then you go up. Over the side of penny fan, not actually over the top, yeah. uh, and then it's pretty much downhill for the for the last half. Uh, but that's it's that. but it's all on it's all on concrete. So it's, I don't know,
0: I, that's just going to be my every time you mention it, I'm going to mention isn't that downhill all the way, mate?
1: But it pretty much is the last half of it's downhill, um, and it's it's, 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 it's it's but it's not easy. But it's for a, if you want to go out and do a beginner's ultra, it's a real good one to do. Uh, yeah, and the training I put in for that was ridiculous, and I would never. I would never do the training I did for that for an ultra again because I think it probably compromised my performance because I was putting in those 20 50-mile weekends, and you don't need to.
0: It's part of the journey, though, isn't it? You, yeah. You, because you suddenly discover you don't have to be a full-time professional, you don't have to have various coaches. Yeah. Actually, these people have all just gone out and figured it out largely for themselves. You, you get advice. But it, it's largely about well, what worked for you. It didn't work the first time. Well, we'll not do that again then because that would, that would well, in fairness, that would be the sort of thing I would normally do. Is yeah. just, well, I obviously didn't do it wrong properly. Yeah. So uh, I, I I, didn't train enough or, or the big mistake is, oh, I should be doing 45 miles on a Sunday season. We this one up. But, uh, you know, it, it's good that you, you can analyse yourself like that. We're going to touch on training quite a bit mm. um, just now because it, it I Could talk with other people about how they prepare for, for the stuff, what works for you, what works for me, um, and all that stuff. Before we pop on to
1: that, no, or did, had you finished with the, the spine race and your passion? story? yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll cover that a little bit more anyway, but yeah, but it was just like I so it was that initial spark of seeing it. Um, and then I interviewed a guy in this podcast probably about 18 months ago. If people want to go back and listen to it, I've forgotten what episode it was, a guy called John Hammond, uh, and he's a bit of a local runner. Um, and he just finished the spine race at that point, And he, he talked a lot about it. And uh, I, I know this guy and he's, he's got out and he's done the spine race. Um, and this year as well has been quite uh, serendipitous, really, in that I've spoke to a lot of people who've done the spine race. I know yeah. a few people. Um, the last podcast that went out a couple of days ago was with Damien Hall, who is the spine race guru. He, he, yeah. he, wrote, the, he wrote the guidebook on the Pennine Way um so yeah and yeah, i had a little bit to sort of do with him as regards books and following him and things and his and and the fkt attempt between him and john kelly last year watching that really really closely yeah. um so yeah so that that was really where the sort of the, the the spark of the idea for the spine race was was planted really
0: right um just one thing before we get into to training and and get carried away on on that malarkey You've also got um, a role at the moment as a UK run leader. I think I might have got that that yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. You want to tell us about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so that's a um, it's basically the level one coaching qualification you can have with UK Athletics. So I'm actually working towards my level two coaching and running fitness at the minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I know what I get out of running. Well, I don't. Do you know what I don't? I don't know what to get out of running, but I know I get something, and I know it's I know it's it's beneficial for me. And there are many people out there um, who jump into running, um, even just jumping straight into the couch to the 5K and get injured and give okay. up. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wanted to help people get into running and, and to enjoy it. And, and the main thing is people my age, your age, again, were more likely to get injured. And it was to, to be able to get into running without getting injured. And I um, took the UK Run Leader qualification, um, and once you've got it you get a lot of support from uk athletics but you can then go away and set up your own run groups if you want mm-hmm. uh, which i did um and you know just real sort of understated world plodders um you know i didn't want to call it world sprinters i want it, we're going out for a plod it, it's yeah, going to be yeah. that easy um and i'd seen a lot of groups were doing the couch to 5k um and some people find that quite intimidating just to go into that. So I set up a, a, a pre couch to five k. So come on, we'll get you moving. Uh, it's basically a couch to move in. And if you want to mm-hmm. carry on to the couch to five k after that, we'll do that. Um, I've got um, seven or eight people turned up on the first day. Uh, we started, I actually started it before lockdown last year and then had to stop because of lockdown. It oh, yeah. uh, started up, started up again this year, straight after lockdown. Some of the same people have come along and more people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they uh, they're halfway through the Couch to the 5K program now after after a, a four week period on the pre Couch to 5K, um, and to their surprise, they're actually enjoying running, um, and, and that's what I want. I want them to enjoy running, and they've brought people along from their workplaces because they've actually gone into work and gone yeah I've started running, and it's all right. It's, it's yeah. pretty good. So yeah, I, I, I just you know I just want people to experience that joy of running, and to do it in the right way and do it in an enjoyable way. Um, it's not yeah. about it's not it's not about going fast it's not structure.
0: about you just need a, a bit of structure so you don't blow out your knee or your yeah. ankle or um, yeah because yeah, it, I, I could quite easily have given up running early because I went straight into shin splits
1: yeah. and I could, I could just have jacked it in you know. yeah because if, if you go into running and you do your first 5k and you go into work and you go oh, I did a 5k at the weekend the first question people ask you isn't how did it feel or was it great or did you enjoy it is what time did you get <laughs> it isn't it, yes, yes. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't um, I, you know, and I think you know, th- there are only two people that are ever remembered in a race, and that's the guy who wins and the guy who comes last. Okay, yeah. they're the only, the only two names that you're ever going to know. And if you look at the spine race this week, um, there was a girl called Jane Davey, and she was the last person on the course for the Challenger. Um, and while she was trying to finish the Challenger, which is 108 miles. Ian Keith, who is has done the Spine Race lots of times, five or six times, and won it, is storming towards the finish. Nobody's interested in Ian Keith. Everybody's watching Jane David to yeah. see if she's going to finish. And she started off with sixty pound in her fundraising accounts at seven o'clock on Monday morning. As soon as she was, everybody's watching her on the tracker. By Monday night, she had two and a half thousand pounds in her fundraising yeah. account because everybody's invested in that person and she's the inspiring one no we're not going to be Keith I'm not not going to win the spine race but she kept going and yeah it it doesn't matter what time you got it just matters whether you did it or not yeah well that's that's ultra in a nutshell yeah
0: obviously that's all running yeah but ultra is about maybe there's a time limit maybe there's not that the challenge is getting to the start line and then getting to the finish line and everything in between is about getting you to the finish line yeah so, yeah yeah, yeah. You no know, good stuff so that obviously that's that's something that you're really enjoying then just that the reward of seeing people just getting a, a step onto the running ladder yeah yeah
1: so it's, yeah it's it's it it's like I say I think I put a post on Facebook I, I leave like a proud dad every week with a big smile on my face because yeah. like you know th- this week they had to go out and you know run 20 minutes nonstop and they couldn't run one minute when, when they first started and they were all um, all really nervous about it. So come on, let's go. Nice steady pace. Off we went. And, you know, we went past 20 minutes. They all knew what we was doing. They knew, they knew oh. they'd gone past 20 minutes, but none of them said anything. And then we finished at like 23 minutes. We're like, right, you've just done 23 minutes. You know what I mean? So you can do it. Well,
0: yeah, it's, it's a really, really good thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Really good. Uh,
0: training. Now, let's not make this a three-hour segment on uh, training and, and,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that would be cutting it short talk me through talk me through your training uh, okay and by, that, by that I don't mean a, a whole week start to finish this is what you do
1: what you've learned about training and what you what you do that works for you okay so training wise it is really really simple and um, and I'm actually training now because you probably see that I'm stood up and I've got a standing desk and that's part of my training and I've got eight hours training a day stood at my desk um, and I'm building up the strength in my legs and, I'm, you know, I'm building up the core. So, yeah, everything you do has got to be sort of, it's um, got to be aligned to just being healthier. And and when I think back to that first ultra, the Brecon to Cardiff, what I did there was I downloaded a training plan from the internet about how to run 50, a 50 mile ultra. Mm. And that training plan had me, and there are important aspects in it, but they're not as important as we, we might think was basically sort of keeping going during the week. Um, and then over the weekend doing these two massive runs um, of a 20 mile and a 30 mile. And, you know, sort of building up to almost a 35 mile run, probably four weeks before your race, tapering off and going down. And out. I did that. Um, it took up a lot of my time. Mm. Um, a lot of early mornings. Um, and yeah, I probably had to sort of compromise other areas of my life, uh, spending time with my wife, doing things a mm. weekend we wanted to do. Um <clears throat> That I didn't really need to. So this time, um, I decided to invest in myself in a different way. In that, as runners, we've got absolutely no problem with looking on sports or wherever we get our shoes from, and spending mm-hmm. ninety to hundred pound on a pair of shoes. Oh. Um, and we'll go and do that. And um, you know, well, i so have got a new set. I'll go and get them, and, and you'll buy that. But what we don't generally spend our money on is the knowledge of experts and that's what i've probably done this time more of so um shout out to dale walker from bulletproof bodies saw him this year um and at the point i saw him i was putting miles in and i was getting a niggle in my knee um wasn't painful wasn't causing me too much problems but it was there and i thought after 40 miles that's gonna be a real issue um yeah. Yeah. so went to see dale and his, his team at salford university um, his students there actually um and as I walked down the corridor, he basically pointed out all the things that were wrong with me. And we sat down, went through various exercises, showed me what I need to do, and then said, you don't need to come and see me again. This this, this is what you need to do. And that will sort out that issue because you've got underdeveloped muscles here, overdeveloped muscles there. So you need to maintain those and develop those. And that's what you need to do. Um, mm-hmm. Went away, did that. And again, that didn't take a lot of my time up because a lot of those exercises I could do while boiling the kettle. So it's not, it's not something I've got to specifically put time aside yeah. to do. Um, so, yeah, so basically my, my, my sort of weekly training probably isn't that much different from somebody training for a half marathon or a full marathon, really, mm. in that um, I'll go out, probably do three hours during the week, so that might be a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'll go out and do an hour a day, which, yeah, I'll, I'll generally do in the morning before work because it, it's the best time to do it for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and then over the weekend, um, I might do a normal run on a Saturday and a long run on a Sunday, or, you know, sort of in the middle of a train, I tend to sort of periodise it, I might do two longish runs. But when I say long runs, they might be 10 and 20 miles, something just like that. Say normal run, long run. Yeah, yeah. And it just, you know, just sort of doing... So the first run's probably a little bit longer than my normal run, and then my second run might be a longer run. And that's not to get the miles under my belt. That's just used to getting... Running on tired legs—that's um, all yeah. there is really, because you once you, you know we're pretty much built with our sort of central governors to, to go about twenty miles, and that's why you know the halfway point on a marathon isn't thirteen point one; it's twenty-one miles. That's, <laughs> it, that, that's your halfway point, yeah. because yeah. after that, the, those next miles are miserable, um, and it's the same in an ultra. You do an ultra, I guess about twenty miles, and then after that, between um, twenty-one and, and and twenty-six, it's miserable. Um, but after that 26, it starts to get a bit better and you start to feel, you feel all right. So yeah. that's why for me, I'm probably I wouldn't do a marathon again because it's the most miserable, you, you end it miserable until you yeah. cross that line. <laughs> um, well, I ended up walking,
0: mate, mate. So yeah. yeah, miserable and walking. So, yeah, yeah, uh,
1: same, same same, here. Um, so yeah, so but it's like I said, my training isn't that much different, but there's more um, strength as regards my legs, again, to stop myself getting injured because it's very easy without developing the right muscles in your legs to yeah. get injured and you know one of the things that they all picked up was you know your, your right leg is probably quarter of an inch longer than your left leg so if that's causing you issues maybe you need orthotics if it's not fine carry on um and then from seeing him again i went and saw another guy locally um who deals in orthotics and great guy he was a he was a running coach as well did loads of tests on him. he said yeah he goes but your legs aren't longer he goes your spine's like that. He goes, you're ex-military. You've carried heavy weights. You've walked around with a, with a weapon in in your right hand like that for 10 years. He says, so your spine's out. He goes, your legs will be the same length as soon as we get you to a chiropractor and he straightens your spine out, which will take one or two sessions. So yeah, I think investing in these people who've got the knowledge and and, you know and and your physios your chiropractors the magicians if you go and see a really good one yeah 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 um so yeah that's where it's been for me and 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 just sort of really sort of being consistent in the training making sure to do it um but mixing in again the strength uh, a little bit of bike riding because above all else above everything else that i've said the one thing that you've got to incorporate into your training is fun because if it ain't fun you ain't gonna (laughs) do it
0: that's it you'll stop doing it very very quickly yeah yeah
1: So do you go, for instance,
0: uh, well, I know you've got the trident coming up, but of a normal week, will Mm. you target a certain amount of mileage or a certain amount of time on your feet, or will you just go with what your body tells you it wants to do?
1: Yeah, I'll generally go with time on my feet. Um, So um, uh, Yasmin Paris, who's one of the record holders for the spine race, she won the spine race and smashed the record a few years ago and she didn't she, she didn't train any more than 17 hours a week so that was a few hours in the week and i'm putting in of a weekend she was actually trained by Damien hall um so so that was the amount of time she she sort of put in and when i was speaking to Damien about similar things the, the other day you know because he, he's now a coach as well and um, i was saying how do you coach your clients and you know the first thing he asked his clients is how much time have you got to train because I I I know, and this probably sounds quite conceited initially when I say it. I know that I could go and win the spine race. I could go and win it if I put in the right amount of training, and had the right amount of knowledge, and had the right kit. I could win it. Any anybody could. Um, have I got that time to put into that to training to win the spine? I, I haven't. I, I haven't. But I've got the time to put in to be a mid packer um, and finish it and put one foot foot in front of the other. So I think if you whatever you're training for, if you start out from the, uh, the, the the aspect of how much time have I got to train and then sort of work backwards from there and go right well if I train this amount this is probably going to be my result yeah so if I want to win it I've got to go out and do do lots and lots of hill work all week I've got to put in the miles of a weekend and um, if I would just want to take part I've got to learn to um, be strong so we don't get injured and I've got to, I've got to learn to be able to suffer when things get hard
0: that's it. Yeah, that old chestnut. The yeah. um, how do you react when when the pain starts? That's uh, yeah. I think that the, the two big things that I've learned um, from people much wiser than me f- for running any sort of distance is get used to time on your feet, and it doesn't have, have to say. be running. No. Just get your body used to bearing weight. <clears throat> learn how to suffer, uh, and I'm kind of having to relearn that a little bit at the mm. moment, and it's not easy. No, you, you frankly, your body's telling you to stop. And you have to find a way of getting past that. And it kind of takes me on to the next thing I was going to mention is motivation. What what motivates you when things start to hurt because they do,
1: Mm. what
0: gets you through that and keeps you smiling? And two miles later, was was it hurting? You get
1: past it. Yeah. First of all, for me, it's having a why about why I'm doing it. Um, Mm. And for me, the easiest way to give myself a why is to fundraise for something. Now that, it doesn't matter whether I raise 60 quid or whether I raise 60,000 pounds. It doesn't matter if, if I've got a why and I think, well, you know, these people are counting on me. I've got to do that. Then that's a fair step for me. Give myself a why. Um, so I'll always have some sort of fundraising going on at the minute. I'm a fundraising for age UK because they helped us out with uh, Marie's mom uh, last year immensely. Um, so yeah, so that have that why. Um, and what you said there about what gets you smiling now, um, I sort of look at that in a different way in that um, there's a guy, American guy called uh, Tony Robbins. And if you like that, if you like a sort of evangelistic, come on, he, he's your man. I I like him. Uh, but mm. one of the things he says is that mood follows action, not the other way around. Yeah. So um, if I'm waiting for something to make me smile on the Pennine way when I'm 38 miles in and the rain's coming sideways it's rocky ground I can't see where I'm going and I'm not quite sure my nav's right I'm not going to find that thing to make me smile but if I force myself to smile and just realize how ridiculous this whole situation is and just put a smile on my face then my mood is going to be reflected in what I've just done Um, and so so for me it works the other way around uh, and I did the same a couple of years ago when I did my first sort of static line parachute jump. I was sat there terrified in the back of the plane and just put a big stupid grin on my face and then jumped out. And yeah, it worked. So for me, it is it is just remembering that that mood follows action. So you've got to do something to make you feel to make yourself feel a certain way. If you if you do it the other way around, then generally, if you're in times of hardship, your mood's gonna be low. And you're gonna make you're just, you're just gonna compound that, and make yourself feel miserable.
0: I Absolutely agree. It's it's almost as well. Anyone listening, assuming that more than one or two people listen to this, I swear that Steve and I didn't talk about this this yeah. particular aspect before we started. But absolutely spot on. Mm. If you if you can convince yourself you're enjoying yourself, five minutes later you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. It's well, you've you've I've for me it's I've chosen to come out for this run. I know you're going to, I know it's going to happen. I know it's pissing with rain. So I'm a volunteer and volunteers largely don't get to complain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nutrition, incidentally, is the last thing because you are plant powered, Steve. I am indeed. Now, having discovered Rich Roll and such like in the last couple of years, I've never quite taken the full leap and and I could make excuses from now till doomsday, but I really do buy in to, to the whole plant powered thing. How long have you been, um, I'm not going to say following it, but how long have you been enjoying that, that side of, of being good to your body?
1: So, um, I'm just trying, I always get this wrong, but I think it's about eight or nine years now. Um, and it wasn't for fitness. It wasn't for health. It was uh, an ethical decision because I I, I spoke about this in the last podcast, but I'm not going to go as deep down the rabbit hole as I did on that one. But basically, um, I was involved in, we we had our horse staying on a dairy farm, saw the dairy industry uh, and thought, I can't can't, can't be a part of this anymore. I can't do this. Um, And, you know, went home, said to my wife, look, I'm going to go vegetarian for a month and and see what happens. And she said, well, I will then. So we both did it. and actually, found it easier than we thought. So, you know, I don't think it was, I was never a big meat eater, but I liked my meat junk food. I, I would, I, I love burgers, I love stuff like that, you know, and, and people always, you know, I eat meat. I, I'll eat, go and eat a Noble burger from from Iceland now that tastes like meat. Uh, and people say, well, why are you eating that? Well, Why not just eat meat? And I'm like, well, it, it's, not, uh, it's not taste or shape that I'm averse to. It's yeah. just, Eating something that other that life. So well, that, that's it, it's. I, again,
0: I've never made that buy into it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that I feel strongly about, but I'll never go the last five percent from ninety-five percent to the hundred yep. to actually commit to something. Yep. Um, and, and it's. I don't think that's. <clears> a fault, but I do admire people that will say, actually, first spare word of the day here, Steve. Fuck this. Yep um obviously we'll bleep that out because that's fine it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
1: it's been worse on this podcast Ian. let's just hope the floodgates don't open
0: <laughs> but no but I, i'm interested about that and obviously seven or eight years ago probably not quite as easy to go vegetarian or, or plant entirely plant-based as it is now it must be an absolute dawdle nowadays
1: yeah it's so easy these days and like when when we both started i think about two months later my wife was on a um she was on a veterinary conference down in telford and she went to the hotel um and she was like what's the vegetarian option he said oh, we've got yeah we've got something on the menu didn't really say what it was brought it down and back then it was the standard what you used to get in the hotel which would be a pepper stuffed with rice on a bed of on, on a bed of rice you know what i mean and i was like Oh, yeah this is what you eat isn't it so um, yeah. was the other one? I think yeah think yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, so it was it was it was quite hard. If you went out to eat anywhere, it was like, have you got a vegetarian option? Um, and you know, yeah, we've got one, the chef oh. can do something. And I even remember us going to um I think we were going, I think it was ibiza we were going to on a plane. And we booked the vegetarian meal on the plane. And this guy came up and he put it down in front of us. And I remember his words exactly. He said, here is the vegetarian option. Everything that could be required for a vegetarian diet. And he put it down in front of us and he walked away and I opened it up and I looked at it and I shouted down, excuse me, mate, this is chicken. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and he had to go and take it away. But um, yeah, and, and, and even, even when I went back, it, when I was really, really ill and I was in hospital, um the vegetarian options on the menu when you come around to feed me weren't there they were non-existent and i was just i just scribble everything out that was on the menu every day and go and write underneath beans on toast Uh, and one day one day they came back to me and said well we can't keep doing beans on toast i was like well why not it's easiest thing in the world just be beans mm-hmm. on toast, yeah. and they would say, "Well, there's vegetarian options on there." And I was like, where? And He said, "Tuna sandwiches." I was like, "That's not vegetarian." <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a hospital. <laughs> not meat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know doctors only sort of do an hour's worth of training on nutrition, which they actually do in their f- in their five six years at medical school. They do an hour on nutrition, but you know that ain't that ain't vegetarian. So yeah, so so it was really really difficult. Now it's that easy. Yeah, and like I say, I, I'm by no means a real clean vegetarian in the fact that i just eat vegetables and um, fresh vegetables and, and beans and pulses I, I do like my junk food um, and yeah. which is probably one of the reasons that i'm an ultra runner as well because you know an ultra is is a, a, a picnic on the move basically and um, so yeah so I, I can eat that i don't eat it all the time but like last night i had burgers and chips you know what I mean, um, and it, it was nice, and I, and I like it. So, yeah. So for me, it, it is just mainly it's the ethical side, um, and uh, th- that has brought certain health benefits. I do believe that you know I probably wouldn't have survived my time in hospital had I not been vegetarian, because I just feel I was in a better, uh, I, I was in a better state. Um, and again, so I was talking to somebody the other day about it, and you know I said to them, you know, they, they I said to them, what made you become a plant-based runner? And they told me their ethical reasons for doing it. Um, And also said that, you know, uh, it didn't really make any difference to them. They they performed the same before, performed the same after. And and I'm pretty much the same. I do feel better, but I don't feel that it enhances my performance. And somebody has said to me in the past, well, if you don't feel any different, why do it? And, I'm, you know, and my answer is always the same. Well, if I don't feel any different, why don't you do it? Because... (laughs) People don't <laughs> like when you use that. When you use them, they'll back from them. Exactly. Oh, I know. So, so yeah. So, I, but I try. Yeah, I call myself. You know, I call myself plant-powered Steve, whatever. But I, I try to sort of move away from the traditional labels of vegetarian and vegan because I, I feel that the vegan community, in particular, I'm going to upset a lot of vegans here. Do themselves no favors in the fact that they alienate a lot of people out there, and um, they don't encourage people, um, they think. Um, they think that you know the changes should happen now, and um, that everybody should just stop eating meat, and the changes should happen now, and and they're not. The changes are down the road. And if you look back over the past sort of six or seven years, at uh, the amount of meat that's being consumed compared to vegetables now compared to then, there's a massive change. Um, the dairy industry is in trouble because. Um, one, they weren't paying the they weren't paying a lot of money to the dairy industry for milk anyway. But now there are so many milk replacement products out there, such as soy milk, oat milks, uh, rice milks, whatever you want. That, that you know we're seeing dairy farms start to close now. So just by making those small changes, now the, the changes are going to be there down the road. They're, they're going to be there, but it's baby steps, and you, you've got to start to you've got to start to encourage people. And and if somebody having a meat free Monday is their first step into eating less meat, then that's great. I don't care if you come to my house and I was cooking you a meal and you were like, I only eat meat. I would cook you meat. I would, I would get something for you. I'd cook you meat. That's fine. You can have that. Um, but I would also let you try my option and say, well, this is what this tastes like as well, you know, and it doesn't really taste that much different and it probably tastes better. Um, so yeah, I think the same with running, it's all about planting those seeds so that people can cultivate them themselves Mm -hmm. and make their own decisions down the way. And that's why I sort of move away from that, that vegan, Um, that vegan It's
0: a label label that that comes from the 1970s (laughs) vegan. I think Rich Roll covered it off perfectly where he says he doesn't use vegan because it makes him think of a few guys huddled around the table in Barclay Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about what sandals they're going to buy tomorrow. and it's not something you want to label yourself with. Now I I had naively thought that training was going to be the part of this pod that, that could just go on and on and on. Actually this Nutrition side of things is probably the bit that the you and I could discuss till till doomsday. So just to move it on and and kind of to the next section, you imagine you you're going out for. This is Sunday. You're going out for your 12 or 14 miler. You're going to give it everything you've got. I like to plan uh, a nice, rewarding like a cheap meal for when I come back or, or mm. when I've done that. Half the time it's going to be Domino's pizza,
1: Yep.
0: <clears throat> on, on a personal level, and, and half the time it might be something that I've cooked for myself in advance, and it's an absolute bribe. What, what would be your ideal if, if you could go right after your twelve miler What what's your go to spoiling yourself meal?
1: Well, pretty much like you say it yourself, really. It would probably be some sort of pizza. I uh, really like pizza, and there's some great sort of veggies, veggie pizzas yeah. out there now. Um, but if I was going to make it myself um you know my sort of piece de resistance really is my sort of veggie meatball uh, lasagna and um, i love lasagna uh, so i'm very much i love my pastas love my, my, my tomatoes and things like that so yeah it would probably be a nice nice big lasagna i should imagine when nice. finished
0: yeah i nice. yeah. right, get that excellent so again i think that we must be approaching the hour so i'm not going to wrap it up quickly but i've still got quite a few little headings that i want to go over yeah with plenty you. of time <laughs> Now, you kind of touched on it early on, of what you listen to when you wrote um, On The Move. And, and what I had put down was, do you podcast? Do you do books or music? Now, you mentioned you're not a music lover. No. Um, I, I kind of get into that. I've got one playlist of awful 1980s dance hits. Um, and, and that's If I'm listening to music, it's Billy Ocean and, and Mel and Kim and stuff mm. like that. So what would you put on today if if, if you're going out this afternoon? What what would you have on?
1: Yeah, so um actually I, I am a music lover. I do love music. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, um when I first started running and I did listen to music and I'm doing sort of road running. Um road running for me is dull as dishwater. and, I, you, know, well, no. yeah. I, I, and you know, I probably would listen to some music then, but but generally now if I was if my training takes me road run, I'm going to listen to a podcast. Um, so yeah, it'd be Rich Roll, um, mm. uh, a guy called Lewis House, School of Greatness. That, that's really good as well. Um, uh, the Runners Well podcast, really really good. Um, I, I, and there's, there's quite a few here. Really. I've discovered quite a lot recently. I used to uh, the guys aren't doing it anymore, but there used to be a really really good podcast called PE for grown ups. Mm. Um, and they were two, uh, they were two personal traders. All the episodes are still there, so you can go back and listen to them. Um, but they were really good podcasts as well, because they were just two guys having a chat um, about running and various aspects of fitness. But generally, um, especially if I see somebody being interviewed elsewhere. I will search for that person and um, so like say say Damien Hall I've just spoken to I'd search for Damien Hall and then a load of podcasts will come up around that and from that you find new podcasts then to see what you know what what he's been been on so yeah um and audiobooks I've got I, I've sort of moved away from books now because I've had my subscription and then suddenly you get halfway through a book and then you're like oh there's a bit crapless but podcasts really, it doesn't really matter you can just turn them off and go to the next one can't you?
0: there are so many podcasts out there as well i mean i i i have to know if if i am starting on a new podcast i have to to chuck one out right so i i've got so many yeah. on my home page yeah. I, I literally obviously I, I generally listen to the alley cast <laughs> uh, anything other than that is a, is a very poor second place <laughs> but, but you get to a stage where you've got 30 favorite podcasts it's yeah. a, I'm not I'm missing out on on content in there because I just don't have the time to go looking for what's this week's version. Yeah. But Rich Roll, uh once I've done the most recent Alicast, second is always uh Rich Roll. Yeah, certainly. And then Run to the Hill. There are so many mm. um out there. And that's the great thing about them. I stopped doing books. Yeah. Because in a book you kind of you're picking up the same thread and it might take me two or three weeks to get through, particularly when I've not been doing a lot of exercise, you can say, God, am I still doing this same bloody Stephen Leather novel or whatever? Um, And I hate leaving a book halfway through, so I kind of feel obliged to keep going, Mm. and it doesn't motivate me to get out there, get the headphones on and run, so it kind of has a negative effect. Mm. Um, So no, I I think pods are are probably one of the greatest things invented by the millennials,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: And it's not a massive list, mate, let's be honest. No, that's <laughs> not. Um, it, it has to be the, the podcast because there's so much <coughs> that, that I still haven't discovered yet. There's
1: fantastic stuff out there. But, and, but in saying that, though, for me, that that that's road running. If I'm trail running, I, li- I don't listen to anything because um, if I go up onto the moors tomorrow... I would much rather run along and listen to the curlews the and the Skylarks and, and just my own breathing. Are, are uh, you able to read my script?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What do you think about when you're out there and you don't have the headphones on? There you go.
1: Yeah, so yeah. So yeah. If, if you're out on the trails, it's just, you know, it's listening to those sounds. Those sounds are yeah. uh, cathartic. They're, they're, just, they're just, you know, they're beautiful. You know, if you've got like two or three Skylarks up just hovering above the nests going away and that's great um so yeah and I'm looking on the spine race last weekend um I made a conscious decision on that race to to sort of do things a little different because what my big plan on that was I had my GoPro with me I had my little recorder with me and I thought I'm going to record the podcast we'll record the next podcast as I run along here I want to do some filming put a YouTube video together and do all that Um, when I started on that day though uh, I thought right well today actually I'm not going to do that now all I'm going to think about today is th- this second. So I'm not going to think about what videos I'm going to put out. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to think about just be really, really in the moment with it and see how that works. Um, yeah. So really all I was thinking about was putting one more step down. And that's that's my mantra in in, in any ultra now is one more step because that's all I've ever got to do. Yeah. Um, so and uh, just be, again, just be really present in what was going on around me. Um, I'm breathing, moving forward what i could hear around me um, and and clear my mind of everything else because your, your brain even when you're just sitting around you know as as we do it every day your brain is using a massive amount of energy it uses 20% of the energy you produce just through keeping you alive now studies have shown that if you give somebody a a, a really hard mental task to do uh, and then uh, measure them you know before Measured up against people who haven't had that mental task, they're probably going to perform 20% worse than the person who didn't have the mental task to do, because you, be, you can burn up to 40% of your energy once you start to use your brain more. So why am I going to waste that energy on anything rather than just keeping myself alive and being present? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I thought, I'll try that. Um, and, I, you know, and it, I found it really, really easy to do. I was on my own for most of the race, which again, um, I like. Um, I, you know it's nice to meet up you know met a couple of people had a quick chat but the, there was that unspoken um unspoken uh, thing that we weren't going to stay together it was like quick chat and then one of us would move yeah. ahead one of us would move behind there was no no discussion about it it just happened um but for me i think on a long race definitely it's it's using your brain as little as possible because the the, the two biggest things that are going to use that energy up are your brain um and your digestive system so again uh, race nutrition yeah and you know your digestive system uses so much energy just digesting food so you've got to make sure that you're putting the food in your mouth I believe that requires the least digestion Um, and is that something
0: you obviously if you do a lot of training part of that training is having to fuel yourself did it come naturally to you or did you think well this isn't working um and then try something else or, or did it kind of fall into place
1: Really easily for you? I'd love to say I've got a massive plan, um but I haven't. Um, and I used to, when I first started, same you as it, everybody. We can, edit, we can edit that bit and you can <laughs> change it. <like> <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when I first started, same as everybody else, um three gels an hour, whatever it is, I'm going to take gels, I'm going to do that, and you take that, and they are horrible, aren't they? I hate yeah. gels. I will do everything I can to avoid having a gel. I'll always take them, I'll always take one or two of them because. I think when you get into that real, real low, there's nothing that's going to perk you up faster than yeah. just shoving that sugar down your neck and doing that. So I've always got them, but they're emergency rations rather than the staples.
0: Their, their cycling dogma is yeah. gels, isn't it? Oh, that's horrible. It. Um, it, it's From a cycling background, you think, well, I'll just do gels then. It's fine. But then
1: try doing them for 18 hours. No, I, no, Good luck with that. No, and, and, and ultras are different because say so there's a lot more well, usually there's a lot more opportunity to ease. Like, let's say, the spine race was, the spine sprint was a little bit different in that, in that it was none. Um, and, you know, they said at the beginning, you know, if, if, if you're if you're the sort of person who likes hand-holding during a race, then you may as well not start because you're not going to get it here, um, and you don't. Um, so, yeah. You know, I think, I, obviously, like everybody else, I'm going to have another scuba of the Welsh cakes. Um, they're, they're really good i tend to find they keep me going on it i usually carry too much nutrition rather than not enough and i think i'll need all this food and I don't um but it's just taking little amounts so yeah so um protein bars i'll tend to have a couple of um something savory nuts i find are really really good for me um and generally i would say my main fueling is is and again um, this this probably is an endorsement is tailwind tailwind works really well for me okay. it, in a water yeah. bottle yep um i've not not really tried it until recently but it, it seems it doesn't taste that bad uh, and it seems to do the trick so mm-hmm. yeah so I'm, I'm i'm a big fan of that but no doubt like it's like i say i'm all over the place with the nutrition uh, and i i will do the things that you're not supposed to do you know you're supposed to like train with a certain amount of nutrition train with a certain way of uh, you know nutrition and then do the race the same way and the idea to change it on race day I'll I'll, tell, I'll get to the race day and think I'll try this um, and I've been dead lucky uh, but I know there's one day where I'm probably not going to be so lucky and I'm going to end up in, in, in a bush somewhere well, digging that, a it, digging a hole
0: it, it, well that you, you do hear I mean I, one of the one of the pods that I used to listen to and don't know was Marathon Training Academy yeah uh, it's an American couple and they're always referring to the Code Brown yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when, when you've got your nutrition wrong, and uh, all of a sudden you're you're doing a Paula Radcliffe uh, yeah. somewhere off, off, and if you're going through a forest at a time, then you're you're very lucky yeah. uh, with that. But um, so the the spine, because this this was originally meant to be an interview about the spine race, and yeah. you know another later. Yeah, um, there I had a funny feeling that would happen, and in some ways I should be happy. It's only an hour. of of foreplay before we get through to the big event yeah correct me if i'm wrong but 44 miles six thousand plus feet of climb Yeah. yeah yeah um and obviously it's from the very bottom end of the pennine way yeah um yeah so i wanted to say plan what was your plan but you and i both know there's not a plan other than step one to yep. Yep. Step two. Get to the finish line. Yep. Um what were your expectations going into? I suppose that's better than what was your plan. What were you
1: expecting? Um I was expecting it to be really hard, which was good because I think some people underestimate because it was, you know, there are many ultras out there that are 40 odd miles. Um, like I say, the Brecon to Cardiff's 40 odd miles, and you know, but but within that, you've got four or five checkpoints where you can get your water, you can get food, you can do what you need to do. Mm. Um, I knew that, you know. This was only part of the actual spine race. The actual spine race itself is 268 miles long. Um, and this sprint option was from um, the start to checkpoint one. That was the checkpoint, was the finish. Uh, so, yeah. So so along the way there was a, a, a few mountain rescue uh, safety points um but they really were just there as monitoring points and as you got there they were are you okay great okay carry on that was that that was all that, that was available there um i was ex- wasn't expecting it, it to be as hot as it was uh it was a really really hot day um and the compulsory you know you have a, a, a quite an extensive compulsory kit list which which rivals the fan dance really um as, as regards what you've got to carry. Um, so I had three litres of water on me. Uh, 20 miles in, uh, three litres of water was gone. Um, there was nothing left. It, it, it was that hot. And everybody was in the same boat. And I did get to the first uh, safety point and just say, have you got any water, mate? And he went, I can give you 500 milliliters and that's it. I went, all right. So he gave me that. And that was, you know, right. a, mouth, a mouthful. Um, so from then onwards, um, I it, it was just drinking from streams. Um, but one of the things, one of your compulsory um, items you've got to carry is, is a water filter. So, um, it, it, again, it was gaining trust in that. i never really used them before, but it worked really well. And I'm still here. So, yeah, it was all right. So, yeah, the expectation was to be really, really hard. Uh, and it, and it, it it lived up to those expectations. Um, you start off at uh, e uh, Registration in the morning was at 10 o'clock. Uh, it was a mandatory kit check whereby they'll they want to see various items like your rucksack. Uh, it started at 12 uh, and you know, within the first three miles, you, you're going straight up Kinder scouts up Jacob's Ladder, where the Black Sheep Marathon's held, uh, and then it's just moorland, uh, moorland hills. The first 22 miles see three of the biggest peaks in the Peak District. So you're over Kinder, then you go over Bleaklow, and then the highest point in Cheshire, which is Black Hill, which is the worst of the lot of them because you you basically drop down from uh, Bleaklow into a valley, uh, across a reservoir. And then you see the first climb up to Black Hill. You climb that, and it's some of it's a scramble. Mm. And you get to the top of that scramble, thinking you've done it. And then there's another one in front of you. And then there's another one in front of you. And then there's another one in front of you. And you get to the top. You run along this ridge line, and then you drop down into a valley again, and then climb up again. So it's it's horrible. Um,
0: Full value for money for that hill.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I think, you know. People talk about the spine race and talk about um, hallucinations. Um, and I don't think the race was long enough, but at one point I was running the longer path and there was a guy running towards me singing with with what looked like a Viking horn playing it. And he actually was there because several other people saw him. But at
0: the time <laughs> I <it> was like... <laughs> do, uh, some of the stewards do like to dress up <laughs> as the group and, and of like <laughs> on Apparently
1: it's an ultra-marathonous humour. Yeah, it's, so it, yeah, you, you're not losing anything. Yeah, it was it was crazy, but it it was it was uh, it was an amazing race, it really was. And say so from there, it really just was one foot in front of the other, keep going. It was all moorland, um, all hills. Um, it seemed to fly by time wise, and you know, very quickly, we were into the night. Um, and i reached the the m62 as night was falling um where you cross over there by the little house on the prairie where the house is right in the middle of the motorway so you're not too far from there and um, there was a snack bar there so i managed to get some crisps and some water and a cup of tea um because with the spine race it's strictly forbidden for any support from family and friends you'll be disqualified if you get any of that but you can use pubs cafes whatever's along yeah. the route but this snack bar was the only thing that was on the route that sort of what was that 33 miles in um so yeah um and then from there it was uh, the longest 11 miles of your life really um, yeah. coming towards the end yeah. and, the, and, the, and the and the weather the weather started to come in then as well so it was sideways rain um got to the top uh, of the last hill studley pike uh, and it was actually a little confusing when i got up there because i was following the gps uh, but as i looked down into the valley to my left i could see head, uh, head torches To my right, I could see head torches. I could see head torches in front of me and behind me. And I thought, Mm. have I gone the wrong way? And you start to doubt yourself. Um, But carried on. And luckily, I was one of the ones who did go the right way. But there was plenty of people who got navigationally challenged on Studley Pike. and um, One guy I spoke to at the end, he'd followed um, a four-spine racer in front of him um, because he thought he knew where he was going. And he dropped down off Studley Pike, uh, probably about two or three hundred meters down into a valley, and as they got to the bottom of the valley, the guy stopped and went, "Sorry, I've gone the wrong way. We should have stayed up there." So we had to turn round. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, bad as that is, can you imagine that after forty-two or forty-four miles? Oh, it's
1: just one more hill, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the last, uh, the last two miles, I met up with two other people, um, and it was pretty much downhill into Hebden Bridge then. Uh, and there was that that unsaid um, un- 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 unsaid moments where we all sort of looked at each other and thought the real race is on now, um, and all started to speed up and pretty much sp- sprinted down into Hebden Bridge after forty odd miles. You know so right. wh- where that comes from in your legs, I-, I don't know, but it just shows that 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 old theory of you know what is actually controlling your, your limitations okay. is it is it your body or is it your brain it's clearly your brain
0: Build the internal governor isn't yeah, it yeah exactly the finish line you've got 20 resources um
1: at, at your fingertips yeah I mean, yeah. but we yeah so we we sprinted down to headland bridge but then as the spine race goes you know we come to the finish line and all walked across the finish line together nobody wanted to go across in front of anybody else and um, and you know one thing I can say about well, I'd say everything about the sprint race because I, I am totally just in, in love with the Pennine Way and the sprint race now. The checkpoint staff are amazing. As Soon as I was there, choose off, sit down, can I get you something to eat? Can I get you something to drink? Do you want to have a sleep? They just look after you amazing and then stay there till the next morning and caught the train back to eat there, really. So yeah. Um, so that is the beginning. So I already had a love for the Pennine Way. Um and I've never until last year I've never set foot on it. Um mm. um because I've always sort of just gone into Wales or or, or yeah, Scotland. Yeah. You don't even think of that this the beauty that's that, that there is in the, in the in England mm. uh, up the spine there. Um but um yeah, so that is that has sort of cemented my love for the Pennine Way and, and set me up for my next challenge on it really, yeah.
0: Obviously there's a progression, isn't there? So yeah. uh,
1: yeah
0: the next step is presumably the first half
1: well yes and no um so i was gonna i was looking at the first half which is was was always the sort of next step which is 108 miles from edale to uh, to horse mm. um but because of everybody sort of carrying over from the, the previous winter that's full so there is a waiting list for that however um Phil Hayday Brown, who, who runs the spine race, has put another another race in, which is the second half, which is 160 miles from Hawes to Kirky at home. And yep. um, so that's just gone live this year. Uh, and of course, uh, I thought, well, the previous challenger race was 108 miles. This, you know, a true ultra thinking fashion, this is only 52 miles longer. I'll sign up for that one. <laughs> so so yeah, so I'm in the I'm in the spine challenger north in the winter um i've got a place on that already um and yeah so that's that's the next step really and and, and yeah, you know, my plan then is once the um whether i finish that or not and i, I you know i don't know whether i'll finish it because that, i think that's the beauty of ultras is you're entering something you don't know but oh, and that's it's a big step up
0: yeah it's it just in terms of the time yeah that you, know, you you have to prep yourself to oh my god well if, if that's how you if that's how you prepared and that's how you felt for your 40 it's quite easy to get intimidated mm. by mm. oh my god i'm gonna have to do three times but yeah you know well no it doesn't necessarily work like that it's, it's a mental no. the next step i would say is mental yeah um rather than having to be three times as fit as as you are just now
1: So yeah no no it, it's it's totally as mental and you know um the the winter spine the winter full spine race for 2023 will open up on the 1st of feb and i'm going to get my, my name down for that because w- whether i finish this or not that that is that is the ultimate goal is to do the spine oh well, fantastic mate Brilliant. so uh, yeah i'm kind about. of a little bit envious of that yeah but, yeah uh, <laughs> but you know in a good way as, as you say it's mental. when i got to Hebden bridge i was relieved i knew i'd finished the race but i uh, when i sat down i'd had something to eat I'd had a cup of tea, uh, I'd got my dry kit on. I knew at that point that if I'd, you know, if i done, spent two hours there doing that, I could have yeah. put, put my shoes on and I could have gone out and done that again. Um, right. Because, my, yeah, my feet were sore, but, you know, at yeah. that point, your drop bag's waiting there for you. I would have had another set of trainers I could have put on. I could have put them on, they'd been more comfortable. I'd have mm-hmm. carried on. And the next day, yeah, I, I was, you know, my legs were stiff and I hobbled down to the train station. But that wasn't because i had done that race the day before it's because i'd stopped doing that race well, yeah, yeah, and yeah. i sat down that that's why i was that's why i was i was uncomfortable if i'd have carried on i would have just maintained that level of yeah. misery if you like for the next sort of 40 yeah, miles is,
0: the, the mistake is stopping that's when you seize yeah. up your yeah. cramp and and all the other goodies that, and you get your done uh, yeah. start well so yeah um, just a, a bit of technical stuff um, rather than just a fun uh, conversation. Yeah. I know you, you had gone in with um, an expectation of not exact pacing, but but there was a couple of points you highlighted that you were looking to be at a certain place by a certain time just yeah. to know you were... I think you have to go in with a plan. You, you, part of the mental game is you have to have some sort of expectation. Yeah. How, how did that side of things uh, go? Because obviously... The battle plan's good until the first shots fired, isn't it? So.
1: Yeah, as an overall plan, it went really well because i planned to get into Hebden Bridge. But there's an 18 hour cut off, so I thought, right, I, you know, number one goal is to beat the cut off. Uh, there of two goals to try and try and beat it by a little bit more. So I'd planned for a 15 and a half hour race, and um, I thought, if we do it 15 and a half hours um you know and you know i think just just sort of hopping back to training as well my training for the spine was really really specific in the fact that did a lot of hiking training as well um yeah. you're going to hike a lot of the spine race you're not going to yeah. run it so you need to be hiking you need to be you know and i, I taught myself how to use poles which i now think are amazing <laughs> i would use them everywhere um so yeah so i put this plan in place 15 and a half hours and i had five or six points along the way a little card with me um with, with all the numbers on forget to these points. So the first point I got to, I think I was about an hour ahead. Um, wow. Then the next one I got to, I was only half an hour ahead. Then I was back to an hour ahead again. Then it sort of dropped back. So I was there or thereabouts. And I, I got into, um I said, I planned for that 15 and a half hours, but I got to Hebden Bridge on 14 hours, 54, right. which nice I was re- really happy with. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, if I was going back next year to do the spine race, I reckon I could probably knock another hour off that. Um, but if I was going in to do the first part, I would stick to that pacing because that pacing was perfect for me carrying on. But if oh. I knew that was de- now, if I knew that was definitely the end, I think next year and, and I might, I might actually do the sprint again next year because it was a really, really good event, mm. uh, and I would say, you know, you know that would be an amazing event for you as well. I firmly believe that you could... Yeah, you could take me,
0: I, I, You broke up there. I didn't quite catch <laughs> reasons,
1: <so go> <laughs> but, you. Know, I, I firmly believe that you you could you would you would love the sprint yeah. race. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I think I probably will do the sprint next year and I'll aim for that sort of 12 and a half, 13 hours. I think that's really achievable um, mm-hmm. on that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was really happy. And I think, yeah, yeah, you have got to have that plan in place to know. I'm at this point now i'm doing great i'm where i should be um and you know i've planned as best i could on that as well for the different sections um as regards the elevation because uh, you know you know if it's if i'm going across fairly flat moorland for sort of 10 miles i'm going to be covering three or four mile an hour if i'm going up if i'm going up Tor side and black hill it's probably going to be one mile an hour so i, I planned along that way um but yeah i, th- I think it's really important to to have that so you can pace yourself and you can give yourself a kick up the arse if you need to or or, or if you're just looking to complete can can lay off because the biggest the, the, the biggest mistake i made on the Brecon to cardiff was um running the first nine miles at sort of eight minute mile pace um which wasn't a great strategy at yeah. all um, it's, it's like a
0: celebration
1: of i've trained for this i'm gonna fucking execute massive (laughs) massive mistake Um, ran along and and I suffered for it later on and it is all about just a nice steady pace Um, and you know I I think one of the things to say about ultras is you know start off start off slow at the start at a pace that's a nice slow pace that's comfortable for you and then slow it down (laughs) Um, and you'll probably be at the right pace
0: I think now I know I've asked you this before I know Online or on the pod we did. Did you run with a Garmin running live on your wrist?
1: Yes, I did, um, yeah. but I've, I've not found one that will last really for for the race. Yeah. I, I was using. I think the mistake I made with that as well, which I wouldn't do again, was I did have a, a GPS, um, Garmin GPS with me, oh. um, but I was running the navigation off my watch as well and it just effed the battery. Um, uh-huh. What, what yeah. I should have done was just use the Garmin for time and use the GPS, which it did towards the end of the race. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the Garmin didn't last. But yeah, I, I always have that on there. Um, and I think... Obviously,
0: okay, other brands are available. Yeah, oh, they if are. They, if, they'd like a, if they'd like to supply us with, a, a unit each. <laughs> I'd
1: like to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for me, um, on, on the longer runs, the, the the only sort of data source that I use on the Garmin watch is my heart rate. Um, and, yeah, keep, mm. everything else. I've sort of I can plan out my route, or you know, I know if I'm going out for three hours, I'm going to go out for three hours, whatever to do. But I'm trying to keep within that sort of real comfortable aerobic zone. Um, oh. So, yeah, sort of 100, 145, 150 is great for me. If I can keep there, then I know I'm not going to knock myself out.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's a bit of walking pace for me to stay yeah. in Zone 2 <laughs> uh, at the moment. Just, everyone says when you, when you start doing Zone 2, you're amazed how slow yeah. you have to run to, yeah. to do it. And it, it's, it's an acquired taste. So, yeah. uh, obviously, because it doesn't suit me at the moment. Uh, the only thing i don't have on my garment when i'm running is my heart rate because it, yep. i find i get distracted or kind of obsessed with it yeah um so i i just go i think i've got a oh. uh, pace and average pace mm. and that's i try not to look down at it when i'm i mean i'm only running three four miles and yep. not very often at the moment so i tend to just go out and try and enjoy myself yeah at the moment but once once you get into longer mileage i, I was particularly the event and pacing yourself on the event that, that, that I was referring to, do you have one money? Because I know a lot of people in the ultra world. While well, I don't, that makes it sound like I'm someone on the ultra scene. But I know of people who literally will will start the garment and then they'll just put it all back onto the watch face, yeah, and not you know, they'll just follow the body. Yeah, um, I don't know my body well enough to to yeah. be able to think what what speed I'm running at, at any given time. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think that's a really good strategy to, to to sort of listen to your body and do that. I'm just, and I think probably I will graduate to that, but at the moment, I just, I like the confidence sort of looking at that, um, looking at that heart rate monitor because I think, you know, I think like everybody else, I can be guilty of not pushing myself hard enough. So sometimes I can think, oh, I'm really pushing myself here and like, I look at my heart rate monitor and it's at like 120 beats per minute. I'm like, no, I'm not. you know what I mean? You can do better than this. Um, so it just rather than sort of slow me down, I think it actually gives me that push sometimes to go a little bit faster because I'm I, I can, you know, I know I'm not at capacity.
0: I, I have a feeling that the, the spine sprint is going to be your race, and I, I, I say that from I've got races and they're not particularly long ones, I've done them a couple of times, and that's going to be as I go forward and we get, get an old geezer and things start to hurt more that's going to be my sort of go to you look forward to doing it at the same time every year yeah uh, i have a feeling that in 10 years time you'll still <coughs> be very much interested in doing it as a kind of where are you just now in, yeah. in terms of, of your your development or i'm starting to worry about the, it's not development it's it's can you stop getting worse
1: yeah. You know, yeah yeah you
0: know keep keeping yourself at a level and you get your benchmark event in so
1: yeah i think i think so and um you know a a lot of it for me as well is what you know i said i probably still don't know more why as regards running but i think my biggest why when i actually sort of dig deep on it is the fact that i still want to be mobile and doing things when i'm in my 70s you know i mean there's no reason you see guys on the on the fan dance who were in the 70s get getting to the top of penny fan and doing the whole route um and you know there was there was, there was older guys on the spine race who were doing the challenge. They were doing 108 miles, and, and yeah, I was passing them. But they're in the seventies, and they're out there doing that. So yeah, I still want to be moving and, and, and doing that at that, that age.
0: It's a mental thing. Again, you know what? If, if you if you set out to do it, you'll probably do it. Yeah, I wouldn't fancy starting it when I was 70. <laughs> okay. no. You're it's bad enough in your 50s, mate. But <laughs> Fan dance. You mentioned it there, and that's kind of sort of the closing topic is we are as we speak it is friday the something of june yeah and time next week you are down for trident i am
1: i am and i think um looking at my look at my sort of priorities now and and the training and events uh it's not going to be a loaded trident it's going to be carrying basic mounting kit and i think that is um is going to be my aim with all events now. Uh Yeah, I'm going to do races where I've got to carry stuff. So the spine, you, you've got a certain amount you've got to carry, but I'm going to yeah. carry the kit I need to to survive and and yeah. and do that. So yeah, it's not going to be a you know, um, it's not going to be an, a, an 80 pound fan sort or anything like that, which some some people might do. Uh But it's going to be it's going to be you know, waterproofs clothing. Get out there and yeah, I've signed up for Clean fatigue on that Um because. I feel for, you know, we talked about sort of listening to your body, and I feel that for my body and for me to maintain this long into old age, I need to start to reduce those weights now um, and ensure that I'm focusing on moving.
0: Well, that's it. You know, you, you mentioned that you've got the delights of having carried a pack and a weapon when you were younger. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, if, you've, if
0: it makes absolute sense that, that to give yourself more longevity. And still be doing it when you're 75. Yeah, to enjoy the event and yeah. use the machismo side of it. If, yeah, if yeah, mightn't be the word. Yeah. But t- tabbing, and, and you and I are both in gone tabbing. Yeah, uh, I'm on brand today, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <Yeah. laughs> I'm a little disappointed in you, <laughs> but um, I'm now coming to the same conclusion that I'd rather be fit. To, to do miles and enjoy my miles than to smash the living daylights out of my knees, and it's my hips more than anything nowadays. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of at the same juncture as yourself of, I'll, I'll be looking to do the fan dance probably one more time loaded. Yeah. Probably a double tap, uh, because it reminded me Trident, so you're going to, you're off on the, because you made it sound like you, it's not a big achievement to do it clean fatigue. So you you you'll be kicking off at six
1: in the morning on the Saturday. I think it, yeah, I think it's seven on the Saturday and seven in oh. the morning uh that i think i so i've not checked the times um so if you listen to this podcast go off the times you've got in your email not what i'm saying uh, <laughs> i, don't, I don't, don't fancy the wrath of uh, of a uh, kj when i get there for giving people yeah. duff info but yeah so it's basically start say seven whatever it is on a saturday morning and then complete it and then get back Get your admin sorted. Back out on a Saturday night. I believe it's seven o'clock again. Like That's I say, not, let's not uh, even go there. With Saturday time night, <laughs> and then it's um, and then it's and then it's get up and do it again on the, on the Sunday morning. And I've not actually done the the nighttime route uh, until a few weeks ago, uh, but I went out and I did it. And it's yeah, it's it's, it's a real nice route actually. Um, it's different to the, to the daytime plan. Yeah, so pretty much, you, uh, I don't know whether you are going to do it clockwise or anti-clockwise. But if you're doing it clockwise, it's over the top of Penny Fan down the road. Stop, 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 stop. You're going to get blacklisted if you give nah, this away. I, I th- <laughs> yeah, but ba- basically, you sort of circle round and you, you sort of turn right before you get to the halfway point and, and come around six four two and that. So yeah, so it's 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 um, it's actually a shorter route I, I found, but. Uh, <laughs>
0: you've bought it mate honestly <laughs>
1: but, it's, uh, but i mean dependence on the weather um it could be quite a uh, quite a hairy route as well um
0: and the big challenge is of course it, it, you start that at a, a certain non-specified buyer's time but yep. late evening
1: yeah late um, evening yeah
0: for sure <clears> and then do that back to your base and then sort your admin out again and then you're off at breakfast Again, the next morning. Now, for me, that's the big challenge. Yeah. It's not, you know, not between your first one and the nighttime tab because you've got plenty of recovery time. Um, mm. Although there's probably never enough, depending on, I mean, you're, you're in great nick, so you're going to absolutely smash this at the moment, but uh, no pressure at all. <laughs> uh, we'll be keeping an eye on your times. But t- to get back, well, you know, one, two in the morning, Knowing you've got six hours to get yep. feed yourself, get yep. yourself organised, get yourself back to the start <laughs> line, um, you're going to have to grab some sleep in there. That I, I personally see that as the big challenge. Yeah, um, and again, it's a mental, it's a mental game. Yeah.
1: Well, well, you yeah, even so, uh, you know, and I will know we'll put the four by four by forty-eight challenge out last year, year before, or what have you. But I only got around to doing that this year, um, and and actually doing it. The massive part of doing that challenge is your admin. Um, yeah. Because I went out, did that, and you've got those sort of three, three and a quarter hours in between runs. Um, through the night, that's really difficult. Um and it I, I made it even more difficult because my wife was like, Well, you're not coming in out the house you're having the dog's barking. So I sort of drove out to the local trails and slept in my van all night while I did the four, four, forty eight. <laughs> so uh, yes, but but I loved it. Um and I would, you know. Um, even if you don't do the alleycast challenge, if you just want to go out and do the 4448, it's a brilliant challenge to go and do because it does it, it does dig deep into that sort of sleep deprivation and um, and just getting your admin right and, and being organised. And it, it's anybody can run four miles at, like twelve times. You, you can do it if you can run four miles. Um, but you can. But, but you might say that I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> but but, but it, it is the mental aspect of it is getting back out there and do it. Is yeah. and that's what's going to be on Trident's, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it now. To be with
0: you. Yeah. No, tremendous. So that's that. And then uh, having a quick look at you on Facebook this morning, you have got another ultra penciled in for July.
1: And um, I'm personally not going to have a go at pronouncing the name um, of that one. Oh, the one in uh, at, at the uh, second week in August, I think that is the Edam. All oh, right,
0: no, I, I had you down as some um, unpronounceable Welsh name. But, no. uh, not so far poor research there mate that, <laughs> it was going so well
1: so no no do you, I've got do
0: you, have um, to, you have got more um, in your diary yeah
1: yeah so I've got I've got this one um, the, sorry tridents, and then I've got one called the Edam um, which is in a uh, training area. Um, basically, it's a run right around the edge of Senniebridge training area, around a... I've the name of the footpath now. Um, but, yeah, I was, got, I was going to do the Brecon to Cardiff, but it, it happened to fall on the weekend when I might actually be able to go to an 80s concert in um, so, uh, <laughs> Liverpool. You, so, you uh, can have all the
0: exercise in the world, mate, but to, to get back into the 80s for an evening, oh, I can be proud.
1: So uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to miss that, you know. I think for the past sort of eighteen months, you know, uh, one of the biggest things we sort of missed is live music, and I'm, I'm going to go, and, oh, going to go and dance around to Howard Jones and, and Kim Wilde for a night and and see. Sure, where we're sure. at. I still can't quite
0: believe I didn't end up married to Kim Wilde, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out somehow. Uh, when I was a young man, I just assumed that was meant to be. But, yeah. Uh, no. There you go. So, so you've obviously you're you're very much you've got a a, a, not a Not a focused plan, but you know you're going to stay in ultras and just keep building your fitness uh, going forward, and that is a tremendous mindset to have. Absolutely, I I say a little bit envious uh, (laughs) of that. But you know what? It it comes down to every individual, um, Mm. you, the two or three people that are listening to us wittering on. You know, it it, it comes down to yourself. There's no reason why any of us don't just take steps to get to that stage
1: i mean yeah and you know I've, I've i've put a plan in place um the guy i went to see the other week for the orthotics he's um he's just qualified as a sort of running technique coach uh, i'm going to spend a bit of time with him sort of working not make, not on um running distance or, or speed or anything like that but just on running technique yeah, um, because yeah. yeah because uh, I'm, i don't know if you sort of discovered him on a podcast yet but if you if you look for a guy called um, Shane, I think it's right, Shane Benzi, uh, and he's just he's written a book called The Lost Art of Running, um, whereby he's been out to uh, Africa and studied the African runners, and now has come back and gone, well, this is this is how these guys are doing it, so maybe this is how we should be doing it. Um, and I've taken a lot of those practices that he's put in place, and it's actually making me a better runner. And this guy is one of his disciples and is going to sort of help me. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, good stuff, man. I, I'm always open to stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, it, it, with me, it comes down to carrying too much weight. Is So the, the biggest change that I can make mm. um, is, is to get some weight off. But yeah. um, I, I often try and visit, putting i out running, I'll try and visit, what are you, how are you running just now? Are you efficient? Yeah. Are you on your heels, on your, heels, or your mids, on your toes, blah, blah, blah? Uh, and obviously, I I imagine that I'm like a young Steve Cram, <laughs> like riding along, but then you see his shadow and think, oh, for God's yeah, because they thought
1: what it actually looks like you well know? you know I th- I, one of the one of the sort of um one of the tenets that he sort of promotes is basically this upright running body with with your head straight ahead and i, I started to do that but he also says film yourself running and see what you look like so i'd like right okay so upright body head straight ahead off a go i film it and when you watch the film back you, you're crouching forward and you're like it, yeah. you know it, it's it's not that case so yeah so you almost to, to get to that stage you have to feel it always if you're, you're leaning back to get there but it creates that sort of elasticity in your body pulls your your bones apart if you like so you're not getting that impact and um, but yeah i would i would recommend anybody listening to this podcast to if they're going to read if they're looking for a book to read i would go for the the lost art of running because it's sort of changed me in the past sort of six months or so about i thought about about doing things
0: Good knowledge knowledge is good particularly with running mm. i think oh, we could witter on here till mid-afternoon quite easily if you looking to lengthen your running career and still be doing it i think you have to be smart about it as well well right? you know you can't have too much knowledge yeah. you can't have too many opinions So it's, it's you know.
1: tech you know i'm beginning to realize now that it is technique technique and strength is what you need, you need to be looking at rather than Hours on your feet, miles. You know, Now, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: nah, if, if you can if you can get your technique right, you know, then you can become, you know, you know, as as the old book born to run. You can become those sort of persistence hunters. That that's what we're built to do. We're built to to run down antelope over sort of fifty or sixty miles. That that's that's how we hunted, and um, and you know, you know, we're not we're not built on muscle. We're built on you know these ligaments and what we are built on our elasticity because you know you although a chimpanzee you know it's going to it's going to beat you in an arm wrestle but you you you're yeah. going to you're going to smash a chimpanzee in a park run because he's too muscly
0: right well steve you know what that has been probably an hour and a half or so for, a, sure. for a one hour conversation that's as <laughs> short as we could make it fascinating stuff mate and and ultras the great unknown for myself and for a lot of people. I've really enjoyed talking to you about that. Yeah. Um, uh, anything you'd like to add? Um, I'm a, I'm all out of questions done the whole script. So.
1: Yeah, I think I think for me it's just getting that message across that you know if you're getting into any type of running whether it be ultras or whether it be trying to get into the couch 5k is just make it fun. And um, if it's not fun, you ain't going to do it. Uh, mix it up. If you like cycling, do a bit of cycling as well. Um, building that strength but you know you don't have to be superhuman to take part in any of the events I'm a mid-pack runner I'll always be a mid-pack runner um, and for me it's just about getting up there and, and enjoying it and yeah set yourself a goal um, and you know it's like for yourself like a uh, spine sprint next year you'll, you'll see you next summer
0: now and then there's a really bad <laughs> on, on the yeah, Zoom I, 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 could, you, I could see your lips moving but I, I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't really sit there, I, I told mate. <laughs> Steve has been absolutely brilliant fun this morning cool. uh, as always mate uh, I've got to nip on the turbo for half an hour now before work this afternoon so uh, I'm enthused mate enthused excellent to- cool Yeah, bit of cycling bit of Tom Boonan's greatest hits uh, on YouTube uh, and that'll be me mate I hope you have an absolutely cracking afternoon as well
1: all do buddy cheers to that, mate thank you alright cheers Steve bye 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 there we go great to speak to Ian there and um, I hope he's going to agree to do some more interviews for us with different people and um, I'm sure you can agree he did a, a really great job there and I really enjoyed speaking to him and um, any questions for me uh, after that as regards ultras or, or training or, or just being in you know an, an average sort of mid-pack runner doing uh, doing ultras um, drop me a line and let me know I'm always willing to sort of engage on that um, and you know if you're listening to this and you don't run and you want to run send me a message as well um, and you know and hopefully I can put you in touch with maybe your, your local run leader who can help you get into um uh, running safely and, and making it fun for you as well so we're about a week away from the fan dance if you see me on the fan dance come and say hello the van will be parked up should have the alley banner um, somewhere around there as well if the doors are closed I'm probably asleep but if you see me out in the hills uh, come and introduce yourself and uh, say hello and uh, yeah I'll see you all there remember always a little further yeah.